Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Australia's first online Korean beauty store, Style Story, and of course, your guide to the world of all things K-beauty, Korea-related, uh, back with you for another week of... We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for this week, so I'm actually really, really excited uh, to have you here with me. This is a really big week for the show. Uh, if you are joining us for the very first time, then I would love to welcome you. You are in the right place. If you would like to take a look behind the scenes at what actually goes on in the K-beauty industry here in Korea. If we haven't met before, uh, my name is Lauren, as you might have gathered from my little introduction. I am a K-beauty expert. I have been working in the industry for over a decade now. Uh, I run a, a Korean beauty online store, stylestory.com.au, where you can shop, explore, and learn all about Korean skincare uh, and makeup, obviously. Uh, I have my own brand Jellyco, which is Style Story's in-house brand uh, that we design, manufacture and make here in Korea alongside some of Korea's best cosmetic chemists. Uh, we now have four products in our line, so we are a small brand, but we are growing uh, thanks in part to a lot of our lovely podcast listeners. And it is really because of you that we have uh, the shows that we have this week planned and that that is because we have officially reached 100,000 downloads for the show, uh, which is a pretty crazy milestone if you think about it. Uh, that is wild. When I think about what my plans were for the podcast when it launched a couple of years ago, it really wasn't anything grander <laughs> than, you know, just keeping in touch with everyone in Australia throughout the pandemic uh, and, you know, having a chat through some of the things that I'm seeing on the ground here in Korea. That used to be something that I would do in person at our K-beauty meetups that we used to host in Australia. Uh, and the show has really sort of grown from there and it's just wild to me. We actually have reached 100,000 and then whooshed straight past it. The show is growing really, really quickly. Uh, I was having a look at our listenership figures this year compared to last year, and it is just wild how many people are now tuning into the show. So thank you so much for everyone that has tuned in, that is tuning in, that is listening. Uh, to everyone that has subscribed, uh, this Thursday's episode is going to be a really, really fun one, just sort of taking a look back through K-Beauty history and where K-Beauty sort of started out maybe 12 years ago and a look through some of the really, really big changes that I have seen firsthand. Uh, and witnessed. So I've got a lot of stuff planned for that. That may even go over two weeks. I would have to see how long that that's going to go for. But if you haven't joined us before, then I'll give you a quick rundown of how it all works. We do two episodes a week. The Tuesday episode, today's episode, uh, Tuesday Korea time, Tuesday Australia time. Uh, it might be slightly different depending on where you are based in the world. And we do have listeners from over 142 countries. So I am aware 
aware that it is slightly different timing for everyone, but this first episode of the week, whatever day or time it is where you are, is where we do a wrap up of all of the the newness. So we take a look through the K-Beauty news headlines and see what's actually, you know, trending, uh, what people are talking about in the media, in the news. Uh, And then we go on to have a look at some new K-Beauty reviews that have been left for products, uh, some of the new releases on the Style Story website. We do our recommendation of the week. We answer a listener's question. Uh, So that's sort of the general format for our Tuesday shows. Uh, And then Thursday is usually a deeper dive into a particular area of the industry or maybe uh, an ingredient or a trend or a category of products that is popping up, maybe a specific skin type, something like that. Uh, and we tend to take a much sort of deeper look at something. So without any further ado, I'm going to jump straight into this week's headlines. And the first one was a really fun one. So the new first lady of Korea, uh, Kim Gonhee, went to Spain with the uh, president of Korea and in Spain, I guess they were there on some sort of official tour, uh, you know, a presidential tour. And while she was there with her husband, she got to talking with the Queen of Spain, Queen Letizia, and it turns out they were actually having a bit of a good old chat about K-beauty. So this made it into the headlines. The Queen apparently told the First Lady that she, when she went to Korea three years ago, she was amazed by how beautiful everyone's skin was. and she bought a whole lot of cosmetics. So I just thought that was such a fun article. Uh, Also because I feel like, you know, this is the queen of Spain and she's just like having a chat that I can imagine having with like lots of different people. Basically, anytime I travel or go anywhere, even if I go back home, people ask me, oh, where where do you live? Uh, And I tell them, well, I live in Korea. uh, And that's one of the first things people say. It's like, oh, I've I've either heard of, maybe they say K-pop or BTS, but K-beauty products now is something that people often say, oh yes, you know, Koreans have really great skin. They have a lot of great beauty products. So I just thought that this was such a fun headline uh, that the first lady and the queen of Spain were just having a good old chinwag about K-beauty products. So that one was one of the first ones, uh, just a nice and light-hearted one. The second one was another article, yet again, talking about K-beauty sales overseas. So you'll notice a little bit of a trend if you listen to the show that this comes up a fair bit. Uh, You know, what countries K-beauty is being sold in, where it's going well, where it's not going so well, and what is selling. So this was another one of those articles along a similar vein. And it was also suggesting that, you know, in the past, A lot of Korean cosmetic brands have been heavily reliant on the Chinese market, but that focus is shifting and where it is shifting is towards the US and Japan. So obviously we've had this conversation a few times that there's been a whole lot of, uh, I guess, issues for uh, K-beauty brands and products with the Chinese market. There's a lot of government regulation. Uh, There's been some boycotts in recent years as well. Uh, And then of course, COVID has also created a lot of problems because there have been a lot of lockdowns in China. So the US and Japan are identified as focus areas, growth areas, I guess you could say. 
And the articles that I came across, and there were lots of them actually, were reporting on what brands and what companies are doing well. So Amore Pacific in the States, their sales increased by 60% in the first quarter on year. Uh, That was according to the company themselves. Uh, And they are saying that in particular sales of Laneige and Solwasu are the two brands that are helping them raise their profits in the United States. Uh, And really interestingly, I thought that lip products, so stuff that you use on your lips, that is what is making up 50% of the brand's total sales in the US, which is pretty wild if you think about it, that that category is responsible for so many of their sales. Uh, So that was an interesting piece of news. Uh, Apparently, Korea's presence in the US has been bolstered by the recent success of obviously BTS, I think most people have heard of them, but also interestingly, Squid Game. Uh, So when I was in Italy recently, Squid Game and BTS were both topics of conversation. And uh, funnily enough, it's kind of interesting because if you've watched Squid Game, and I'm not going to spoil anything for people that haven't, but it's not exactly the world's most uplifting topic. And it doesn't necessarily paint Korea or Korean society in a great light. But surprisingly, just the fact that it is so, um, I guess, widely spread, there's so many people watching it, has boosted Korea's presence. Uh, So that is apparently also helping with cosmetic sales. So riddle me that one. I don't quite understand how uh, a show like Squid Game can help. But, you know, I don't know. Like, none of the people in the show necessarily even looked like they had great glowing skin because that clearly wasn't the point of the show but there you go so that's interesting the other thing is that LG household and healthcare so they are planning to really ramp up their activities their marketing and everything in the states this year and one of their products that they're planning on launching in the fourth quarter is a mini tattoo printer So I don't know if they think that that's what you folks in the States are into, that you are wanting to print your own tattoos, but that is one of the products that they are talking about in the media. Uh, It basically allows you to create a temporary tattoo of any image you want uh, and print it using vegan ink uh, that has been developed by the company. So that that one is a little bit funny, I think. You'll have to let me know, guys. Are you, are you, you know, is this something you would buy? Is this something you would use? Are you that keen to make up your own mini tattoos? So you'll have to come and find me on the gram and let me know. Uh, but that was in the headlines. Uh, And Japan, obviously, being the other uh, market that a lot of the domestic companies here are targeting. Uh, So what is selling really well for K-Beauty at the moment in Japan is products like eyelash serums, the mascaras and the lip tints. So again, with the lip tints, uh, they uh, they mentioned in a lot of the articles that some of Korean beauty brands have been topping the charts with popular online makeup review apps in Japan. Uh, And also that uh, the vegan beauty brands, some of the ones making vegan cosmetics are doing really well on uh, the Japanese e-commerce marketplaces as well. So that was interesting. One of the local cosmetics manufacturers that actually makes a lot of the products for on behalf of other companies, Cosmax, a very big name here in Korea, they have now got an office in Japan and they are planning to construct a factory near Tokyo as well. So a lot of companies are placing their bets on Japan. They are more active in the Japanese market. So I 
you know, I guess we can expect to see that increase, particularly if they're planning on actually having, you know, plants and facilities and things like that in Japan. So that was all in uh, the the headlines this week. So in terms of export performance of cosmetics, uh, the Ministry of Food and Drug Safety actually released the statistics from 2021 recently. So uh, it was a record high. That's probably unsurprising. Surprising. Uh, France exported about $17.85 billion worth of cosmetics. The US, uh, 9.57. Germany, 8 million. Japan, 7.47. Uh, China, obviously, uh, another big player as well. Uh, so that's for all of the different um, export performances of all of the different countries. So in Korea, the cosmetic exports were actually bigger than home appliances, uh, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because Korea is really, really famous for making home appliances, you know, maybe a Samsung microwave, uh, I don't know, uh, washing machine, LG fridges and things like that. They exported more cosmetics than home appliances. So that one is kind of wild uh, and mobile phones as well. So I guess, you know, I'm assuming that's mainly Samsung mobile phones, you would think. Uh, so again, all talking in the news about, you know, exports. Korea is obviously an export reliant country because it's not a country that has its own natural resources in the same way that, say, a country like Australia does. Uh, or, you know, they don't have gas and oil and things like that that they can sell to other countries. So in Korea, they make things and sell those. And that is why you'll see this talked about so often in the news, uh, discussions on, you know, which sectors are doing really well, which ones, you know, are going to be doing well, which ones are suffering. Uh, so the other interesting category that is doing really really well is uh, custom cosmetics so custom cosmetics are basically the ones that are sold by instant mixing and subdividing in the stores based on an individual skin diagnosis so rather than selling a serum that's already ready-made packaged and ready to go the idea with a custom cosmetics is that you go and someone analyzes your skin or your color your makeup coloring and then makes it up on the spot for you so sales for custom cosmetics are up a lot, up 65.2%. So that is a really, really uh, big growth area. And it's another one that I just keep seeing in the uh, in the news as well. The, the Ministry of Food and Drug Safety is talking about it a lot. So that was also in the news. Now, the other interesting piece of news that I had for you guys that I'm very excited to share is that Style Story and Jellico are now officially members of 1% for the planet. So that what that means is that we will be donating the equivalent of 1% of our total revenue uh, through uh, a combination of monetary uh, support to uh, charities, to, uh, I guess you could say, um, uh, yeah, charity, charities and philanthropic businesses that support you. We, we can choose what it is. So that is something that we are really excited about. But basically it is to help with things like climate change, 
food, land, pollution, water, and wildlife, we can choose. So we've just signed on as of the 1st of July. So we are really, really excited to be doing this. Uh, it's something that we have been researching and looking into for a while is a way that we can actually help uh, and put our donation to the best use so having looked into it and researched lots and lots of different because it can be quite overwhelming to decide where to put your donations I know even for individuals it's the same kind of thing you want to make sure that it's going to be making uh, the right impact and going to people that will really need it so we are now officially members of the 1% for the planet movement uh, and that will be 1% of total sales across our company's operations so that is something that we are really excited. I'm so excited to be finally able to share with you because that was in the works for a little while. We've been working on it this year uh, and we're doing other things behind the scenes as well. Uh, we have been doing a feasibility study into lots of different uh, packaging type things in, with ingredients and whatnot to see where we can make a difference. Uh, so this is one that we decided we definitely wanted to be a part of. So that is going to be uh, a focus for, for our business going forward. Uh, so basically anytime you do an order with us that goes towards the uh, 1% that they will then be uh, donated I don't know why I was going to say downloaded <laughs> you can tell you've been working in an online store too long when uh, it's not downloaded it's donated so we are going to be donating so that is something that I'm really really excited about uh, so that was the other piece of news that I wanted to share with you guys as well for this week now, our questions of the week, guys, I've been having questions come in thick and fast lately, which I'm really, really happy about, but it might mean that there is a slight delay to have your question answered. So bear with me if I don't get to your questions straight away. I do have a list that I will run through for the coming weeks and please do feel free to keep submitting them as well. So this week's question of the week was from Sandy and she said, Dear Lauren, can you talk about in your next podcast how to get rid of white little bumps under the skin, milia or what products you can use? Uh, I really love your show I always enjoy listening to it all things about Korean if it's culture the language beauty or k-drama I would like to hear more of it thank you for your hard work thank you so much Sandy for sending this through Amelia those little white bumps can be very very frustrating I know um, I used to have a lot of problems with Milia, and what I have found is that a lot of the time it is a it is a sign that the products might not be the most compatible. Uh, what happens is that particularly you will find around say the eye area is a place that they often do come up uh, and that can be a sign that your eye cream is too heavy for your eye area. Now mild cases of milia do usually go away on their own. There are some things that you can try at home that won't damage your skin that can help to uh, to quicken them up I guess or to you know say goodbye to them quicker one way is to steam your face so you can try a facial steam at home uh, 
that's one way to sort of open the 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 pores up so to speak or encourage them to sort of bring everything to the surface that's one way you can do it another way would be to use things like topical retinoids uh, even your AHAs and BHAs if you don't like using them or can't use them over your whole face you could even spot treat them uh, just to help sort of exfoliate the skin the other option is if they're not going away just through doing things like steaming or through you know exfoliation you can go and actually see someone uh, see a specialist and they can use a sterile needle to actually basically pick out the contents don't whatever you do squeeze them I know they look so squeezable but the thing is it won't actually do anything if it's truly milia and not a whitehead you squeezing it is not going to bring it to the surface uh, so there are quite a few different little methods that they can use in clinic to treat them. Uh, cryotherapy is one. Some people like to do a chemical peel. You can do it through la a laser as well. Uh, but de-roofing is when they get the, the needle in there to pick out the contents of it. So that's a pretty effective way to do it. Uh, so hopefully one of those might work for you. I think the, the probably a good place to start the least invasive would be to try a steam and try some spot exfoliation treatments on them and see if that helps if it doesn't I would probably just go and see someone local who can pick it out in a sterile environment don't whatever you do be tempted to go and get a needle and do it yourself uh, that's just not ever a good idea even if it looks like something you could do I would just not recommend it um, you know, it's just going to be so much uh, safer <laughs> and avoid scarring or secondary issues if you go and get a professional to do it. They know exactly what they're doing. So that would be my advice. Uh, and yeah, such a frustrating problem. I know a lot of people get them. So, you know, they are very, very common. Uh, unfortunately, if you've ever had it before, I certainly have. Now, new K-Beauty products. Oh my goodness. So... You would not believe the year we have had, honestly, has been just delays, 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 delays on everything because of the issues with the supply chains, the issues with the container shortages. So what we have had is essentially uh, four or five months worth of new K-Beauty products all land in the same week. Like I'm not even kidding. We were running around like headless chooks uh, to try and process all of the new stuff that has come in literally within a week. I think everything must have been backed back and then come through at exactly the same time. So uh, we have so many new products on the website at the moment. It's actually a little bit crazy. We were expecting them to be through in like more like March, April, May, June even. Uh, and it's July and now they're all here. So on the one hand, great news if you're looking for new K-Beauty products. Go and check out the new products page on our website. You will see there are literally so many. You'll be like, oh my gosh. I'll just run through two of them today because we will be here for a while doing them. Uh, two of the new ones that I was excited about. The first one is Purito's Oat in Calming Gel Cream. Uh, now this is just one of those really lightweight, clear gel textured products. And the key ingredient in this one is the oat seed water, 77%. So 
Oat seeds in general are just a really great ingredient to help calm irritated skin. If you have a damaged moisture barrier, uh, if you are just feeling really sensitized, maybe the skin has been weakened by something, this will just help it to feel nice and comfortable. Uh, it's not the, it's not obviously going to probably be enough for people with dry skin, but if your skin is just in all sorts of strife at the moment, this would be a good one to have a look into. The other thing we've got is the Purito BB cream. So Purito released a BB cream. They've got lots of different shades. Uh, the various shades are in various stages of traveling to Australia at the moment, just because uh, Purito did have some issues on their side with supply as well. Um, shock horror, everyone is in the same boat. Uh, so this BB cream, vegan, cruelty-free, and free from essential oils and fragrances, if any of those are issues for you. Uh, and Purito as a brand is really, really leaning into the free from fragrance and essential oil movement. Uh, so, you know, if you do have a genuine fragrance allergy or your skin just cannot handle anything at all, then these are options for you. Uh, very lightweight. They are highly blendable. They give the skin uh, quite a glowy finish, I would say, compared to uh, your standard Western products. So if that's not something that you like these are probably going to be ones to skip unless you are happy to use it with a powder definitely they do give you what I would consider to be the K beauty glow it's not a matte look um, but if you're if you do like that kind of a formula uh, lightweight blendable uh, that gives that really nice dewy finish these are good BB creams to look into and they do have a really uh, you know I mean look it's probably a bridge too far to call it a great shade range, a great shade range for a K-beauty brand. And that is because this brand really has been made more for the foreign market. Uh, that's who they're really targeting with their products. Uh, you know, so they do have a much wider shade range to take into account the fact that most of their customers are overseas. Uh, so that's Purito's new BB cream. Now, on to some of the new K-Beauty reviews. And again, I was spoiled for choice this week. You guys have been racking up the reviews, racking up your points as well, which is excellent to see. Uh, so two of the new reviews that came through, one was for April B's Collagen Propolis Eye Cream, uh, a five-star review, and our lovely reviewer said, perfect for sensitive skin. I use this eye cream morning and night, and it's such a relief to find one that feels so nice and doesn't cause any allergic reaction. My eye area is super sensitive. Uh, so thanks so much for sharing that. Uh, and yeah, you're right. The eye area in general, very, very sensitive part of the skin for a lot of people. Uh, and that is because of how thin the skin under the eyes in particular is. Uh, so a lot of people, if they're going to have skin issues, maybe dermatitis and things like that, will start to see it around the eye area. So thanks so much for sharing that. And the second review, another five-star review, was for Jellico's Silicon Mask Brush. And the reviewer said, get one now, so worth it. This is so nice to apply your masks with and so easy to clean. I should have bought it earlier when there was a pack, but I don't regret buying this at all. So uh, our little silicon mask brush is uh, exactly as it sounds. It's basically a jelly textured little brush that you can use for all your skincare products to apply any of them, just so you don't need to, you know, dunk your hands into a pot. Uh, and it does. It feels really nice and bougie when you're applying your products as well. It's just a very nice 
nice and relaxing little tool to use. Uh, so go and check that one out if you haven't got uh, a, pro a product like that lying around. And for this week's recommendation of the week, I would like you to be the ones that do the recommending. So I would like to invite you, if you haven't already, to come and join our Facebook group. Uh, so this is on Style Story's Facebook page. We have a group. It is currently called K-Beauty Down Under, but I'm thinking that we might change the name of it and might have it something a little bit more obvious because most of the people that are joining the group now are coming to us from the podcast. So I'm having a little think about what we might change the name to. But in the meantime, come and join the group and let us know, let everyone in the group know one K-beauty tip or trick that has made the biggest difference to your skin. I would absolutely love to know your recommendation. What is the one thing that you're like, ever since I discovered this, it's made the biggest difference. Uh, you know, it can be anything. It doesn't need to be a product necessarily, just a tip, a trick, something that you've picked up since you have, you know, been tuning into the podcast, been exploring the world of K-beauty, Share that with everyone because, uh, you know, who knows? It might be someone that has exactly the same issue, exactly the same skin type or whatnot, and then they go and try it and they absolutely love it. So come and join the Facebook group and pop yours in. And I'm super keen to hear what everyone's is. Uh, and I might even read them out on one of the episodes as well because I think that's always a bit of fun to hear what you guys think. So it's not just me giving my little hot take. Uh, look, I'm going to finish up here today because we have a jam-packed episode planned for Thursday as well that I'm really excited about. So make sure you stay subscribed. Uh, oh, the other thing I did need to mention, I don't think I've mentioned this already. So I did mention last week, I've got the five Jelly Co skincare packs to give away for the people that leave their review for the podcast. Don't worry, I have not forgotten about that. What I'm waiting on is for all the reviews to be published. And that is because some of the podcast publishing apps take a few days for them all to sort of trickle through. So some people have let me know that they've left one on say Apple and it hasn't popped up yet. So once they all come through and I can see who everyone is, then I will announce the winners. So stay tuned. I will do that next week once everyone's has had a time to come through. Uh, so I have not forgotten about that. All right, I will leave it there and I will see you on Thursday.